SR. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Erdogan is planning a new world order in which Turkey is the rising star. It has a lot to do with oil. And today on Viewpoint, we're going to see that the Ottomans are back. Tracing regional dynamics over the last century... It'll help us to understand the combustible situation today, even as the world is looking primarily at Russia and Ukraine. Indeed, there is increasing talk of a new world order. In fact, Joe Biden has basically said outright, that's what we're working on. That's exactly what we're working on. And yet, the Western one world order being led by Biden today and by Pope Francis, and by other globalists, is only one of those that are striving for a new world order. China has declared its intent to start a new world order. What would all these new world orders look like? Russia itself is claiming to be starting a new world order. We're going to look today at the matter of the Ottoman Empire, that is Turkey. In its resurrected form, Turkey once ruled the Middle East for several hundred years, and then now, in this amazing time of history, when the great empires spoken of by Daniel the prophet are actually resurrecting, including Rome, the same is true with the Ottoman Empire, led by none other than its president, Erdogan. According to the Jerusalem Post, in 2020, the Ottomans are back, and in fact, Turkey's ruler, President Recep Erdogan, has increasingly global ambitions. Turkey's decision to revive its claims to the sea and send forces to Libya should be seen in light of a century of Turkey's policies since the fall of the Ottoman Empire. The Ottomans lost Libya to the Italians in 1912, and now the Turks are back. And amazingly, during the Cold War, Turkey was an ally of the U.S. and even of Israel. Not so today. So what has happened? What has happened is that the historically powerful periphery states like Turkey and Iran, have risen to grab influence throughout the Middle East. And these states, as the Ottoman Empire and Persian Empire, were weakened in 1920, and European powers supplanted their historic role. But now, with Europe looking more insular, these countries are rising again, and the competition is increasing, even as Russia has attacked Ukraine And the world, the Western world, is bowing down to Ukraine. It all seems to be in competition with Turkey and Mr. Erdogan's ambitions to rule the world in a new one-world order. So here we have now, Russia wants a new world order of their own making. 
China wants their own new world order. Iran wants its new world order because it intends to rule the world under Sharia law. Turkey wants a new world order in order to rule the world under Shia law. And then the Western world wants a new world order in order to merge all of the historic Russian countries, the the country, excuse me, uh, Roman countries, the countries that emerged out of the Roman Empire, i.e. the entire Western world, including the EU, NATO, uh, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, all of those, including the U.S. Now, all of these, friends, are in competition. Not to mention the fact that the entire Islamic world whether it be Persian or Ottoman or a blend of some other form of Islam, is also intending to world the world, rule the world with a new world order, and each one of them has positioned themselves and actually declared their respective intents. How are we to understand all of this? Is it even possible to understand? I think it is. And today on Viewpoint, we're going to try to tie many of these things together so that they are understandable. Otherwise, we could get lost in the weeds. If we have too many facts and too much input out there, then we lose the perspective of how to connect the dots. So today... I trust that we'll be able to connect the dots in a meaningful way so that you, all of us, will be able to better understand the dynamics of what are taking place in our world that otherwise seems so confusing and totally chaotic. So I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And today, I trust that our conversation together, even though it's largely informational, will also have a significant transformational aspect for your life, for mine, and for those that we care for. The Ottoman Empire, the former Turkish state, controlled much of Southeast Europe, the Middle East, and North Africa between the 14th and 20th centuries. So that's 600 years he was founded by Osman. He ruled a small principality in Anatolia, which is Turkey, which he greatly enlarged at the expense of the Byzantine Empire. The contest with the Byzantines ended with the capture of Constantinople, that's now called Istanbul, which became the Ottoman capital in 1453. Well, interestingly, at that point, the Orthodox Christians that had left the Roman Catholic Church and formed their own Orthodox group in Constantinople for the purpose of purifying the Catholic Church, then left and they went to Russia. They went to Moscow. Hence, the Russian Orthodox Church then is the inheritor of the Byzantine Orthodox Christian Church, which they believed was the protection 
of Christian orthodoxy because they believed and were convinced that the Roman Catholic Church had apostatized through the papacy. Now, hopefully this helps a little bit right now to tie some of these uh, uh, things together, because if you've been listening to this program for the last couple of weeks, you know that there's a tremendous spiritual connection in what is happening with Russia, the thinking processes of Vladimir Putin, and also the link between the Russian Orthodox Church and the decision for Vladimir, Vladimir Putin to attack Ukraine. Today, however, we shift our focus to the Ottoman Empire and what is happening there through its current president, Erdogan. It's quite fascinating, friends, and should grab your attention. We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. In January of 2020, the Jerusalem Post announced in its headline, The Ottomans Are Back. That is, the resurrected Ottoman Empire that once ruled uh, a major part of the world, including the Middle East, for 600 years. We're going to find out just how much they really did rule the world then and how it connects but we'll have to delay here for a few minutes in order to lay a good foundation. The Ottoman Empire, under Suleiman the Magnificent, included the Arab East Mediterranean. The decline of Ottoman power began before 1600 A.D., and thereafter Ottoman territory was reduced in World War I when Ottoman territory was reduced to roughly the present Turkish borders. Nationalists, led by Ataturk, deposed the last Ottoman sultan and created the modern Turkish Republic in 1923. Now, what I find interesting is that Iran, which was formerly known as Persia, biblical Persia, also changed in 1935 and became Iran. So the trajectory of these power empires has been in process of restoration, rebuilding, resurrection since the early 1920s. You see, things on planet Earth don't move too rapidly. History marches on. It's like uh, uh, the rule of law. It grinds exceedingly slow, but exceedingly fine. The same is true with history. And sometimes we get lost in a lot of extraneous details on a, shall we say, a limited time basis. If we allow ourselves to be too overcome by events from day to day, or even from week 
to week or month to month, we actually lose sight of the trajectory of history and its implications. So, Haaretz.com, the uh, Israeli newspaper, declared also in 2020, Erdogan is planning a new world order in which Turkey is the rising star. uh, star. In that article, they declare that Turkey's aggressive oil exploration in areas of the East Mediterranean claimed by Greece and Cyprus is visibly setting teeth on edge in the European Union and the United States. Then, in addition to that, the Brookings uh, Research Group declared that Germany and Turkey have an unavoidable partnership that Germany and Turkey have special re- a special relationship unique among European countries as they are linked by the large population of people of Turkish origin living in Germany, which totals about 3 million people. Now, in just the headlines and uh, brief statements that I've shared with you from these two articles, we're beginning to see a picture emerge concerning not only Turkey, but also Germany. We're going to also see how this picture begins to merge with Iran, formerly known as Persia, and also with Russia. Now, it's in order to comprehend the uh, events that are taking place now with Russia and with uh, Ukraine, and also the rise of the Western One World Order, referred euphemistically as the Great Reset, we need to understand it in the context of Turkey, Germany, Iran, and then Russia. That's what we're focusing here today on Viewpoint. All right. Going to the Jerusalem Post again in 2020, the headline, Russia, Turkey, and Iran reassert glory of past empires in today's Middle East. Russia, Turkey, and Iran. Now, it's very important to understand these three countries, because these three countries, I believe, are specifically mentioned in the prophecy of Ezekiel 38 and 39, concerning the Gog and Magog war. The three countries, Russia, Turkey, and Iran, see the Arab countries around them as weak and exploitable. This is very much like the Democrat Party exploiting blacks in America because they see them as weak and that they can get them on their gravy train in order to be perpetual voters and therefore create a new system of slavery. In the same way, Turkey and Iran and Russia see the Arab countries as weak and exploitable. Now, let's look into that a little more deeply. These three countries, Russia, Turkey, and Iran, are currently trying to reassert their former influence and glory, harking back to the power and greatness of the former Tsarist Soviet, the Ottoman, and Persian empires. 
Now, we've talked about this over and over and over again here on Viewpoint over the past several years. But now, in the context of the developments of the last uh, uh, five weeks, things are increasing in their focus and seriousness as it relates to these countries. In many ways, these three imperial states, led by autocratic leaders, President uh, Vladimir Putin, President uh, Erdogan, and Ayatollah Khamenei, respectfully, are similar and have found it convenient to collaborate in some matters. But in most ways, these leaders and their putative empires are very competitive. All right, what is this saying? Let me put it in other terms. These empires know that by themselves, they cannot accomplish their goal of becoming king of the mountain to rule the world, to establish their own world order. They can't do that. They know that. So they are using one another in order to accomplish that goal. They have enough things that bind them together for cooperation in one sense, but on the other hand, their goals are separate. Each one of them competitively intends and has declared their intention to establish their own world order, in other words, to rule the world. Interestingly, the difference between these three intended empires and the U.S. is very stark. While the U.S. is really the only superpower, President Donald Trump enunciated a policy of withdrawal from the Middle East, you may recall, and the main area of big power conflicts. He tried to get us out of that. But he also worked to establish the uh, Abram Accords to bring peace in the Middle East. So, Trump tried to get America out of the main area of big power conflicts in the Middle East. But, by contrast, Russia, Turkey, and Iran are all in an expansionist phase, particularly in that region. So what does it mean? Where is it going? Well, these countries see the Arab countries as weak and exploitable, and two of them, Iran and Turkey, seek to reassert their former spheres of control. You know, it wasn't just Turkey that ruled the then-known world as the Ottoman Empire, but before that, Iran known as Persia, ruled the then-known world, having taken over power from Greece and Alexander the Great. So, actually, having taken over power from Babylon. Now, these countries, Iran and Turkey, seek to reassert their former spheres of control. Russia, though has always sought a warm water port in the Mediterranean Sea. And in fact, whether you want to admit it or not, it was Barack Obama who made that possible for Vladimir Putin. When Vladimir, when Barack Obama declared his red line, you might recall, over the Syrian regime's use of chemical weapons, he then insisted, uh, and then instead, rather, 
allowed Vladimir Putin to come into Syria to mediate the removal of those weapons from Assad. When he did that, he released a monster. Putin got his port at Latakia and then an airfield in Syria. Syria is now effectively a vassal state of Russia, and Putin will decide its fate. But Iran and Turkey also are making claims to Syria. Now, where is Syria located? Syria is located to the north and east of Israel, directly on its border. Why do you think Israel and its government today might be hesitant to get into a, uh, a fisticuff with Russia over Ukraine? It's because Russia has troops on Israel's border right there in Syria. So Israel is trying to avoid, not so much through cowardice, but small Israel, with only about uh, eight or nine million people, is trying to avoid a confrontation with Russia that it cannot win without horrific consequences. Now, Iran has also been active in Syria through its Quds force of the Iranian uh, Islamic Revolutionary Guards, the core, by the way, that uh, Joe Biden wants to remove from the list of uh, terrorist organizations in order to try to brag about getting a deal restored with Iran. Very dangerous. Although they would be loath to admit it, Shiism, Islamic Shiism, is a cloak for the reassertion of Iranian power in the region formerly part of the Persian Empire. Its influence now extends to Yemen. You're hearing quite a bit about Yemen, aren't you? Where Iran supports the Houthi rebels. Iraq where it controls the popular mobilization forces, and Lebanon, where Hezbollah is its independent proxy. So you see how Iran has its fingers throughout the Middle East and through that intends to develop a one-world order under Sharia law to actually rule the world. Now, Turkey, though, under Erdogan, has been veering away from the democratic westernized Turkey that Ataturk foresaw and put in place toward a Sunni religious format. Notice how religion is playing a primary motivational factor that's being played out in geopolitics. In doing so now, Erdogan has taken on the dubious role of reconstituting the Ottoman Empire, which was exclusively fundamentalist Islam. So now you have two countries, Iran and Turkey, each trying to restore their rulership, their empire in the world, 
a resurrected empire, but each one of them on a uh, different religious basis. One wants to resurrect Sharia, uh, Sunni law. The other wants to uh, recognize uh, Shiism. And guess what? The Shiites and the Sunnis fight bitterly, militarily. This doesn't actually look like much of a way to bring peace on earth, does it? But the American presence and power of the Middle East, coupled with reluctance to use that power, has resulted in a power vacuum that has opened up the way for Russia, Turkey, and Iran now to seek their role in becoming king of the mountain. And we've just started today. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. Today, we're taking a look at the resurrecting Ottoman Empire. That is, the resurrection of Turkey in its former glory under Erdogan uh, to basically rule the world. That's the goal. Now, let me, just so that you understand the significance of this, this is not just Russia attacking Ukraine uh, for a similar purpose. Remember, Russia's attack on Ukraine is not just geopolitically motivated, it's religiously motivated. And if you've missed all of that, you need to go back to our programs over the past two weeks in which we talk about the details of the spiritual or religious motivation of Vladimir Putin and its his linkage with the Russian Orthodox Church, which believes that they are the final repository of Orthodox Christianity. In other words, the real deal. And Putin has said, we're not going to let the Western world come in and destroy it like they're destroying themselves. Now, Mr. Erdogan makes this statement. My entire nation is an army, and we're not afraid to sacrifice martyrs. For what purpose? Turkish President Erdogan has long declared his intention to restore the Ottoman Empire. 
There is truth in Erdogan's well-known attempts to resurrect the Ottoman Empire or to style himself as a sultan, said Time magazine. Now, the Middle East Media Research Institute says Erdogan has moved beyond his previous stance and has declared there is no power that can stand in his way. He said, we will not hesitate to sacrifice martyrs in this fight. Are the people of Greece, France, certain North Africa and uh, Gulf countries prepared to make these kinds of sacrifices? Erdogan's remarks came in a speech in Ankara, the capital. The Turkish leader said his country is not a society with an army, but a nation that is an army within itself. He warned his nation's enemies that he will not hesitate to sacrifice martyrs. Now, do you think Vladimir Putin is alone then in what appears to be the sacrificing of Russian soldiers to accomplish this uh, goal of purifying uh, Russia and keeping it pure from the Western influence coming in through Ukraine? No. Mr. Erdogan has exactly the same thinking. He said, when we combine our technological superiority, our fully developed human resources, and our spiritual power... With Allah's permission, there is no power that can stand in the way of this country, he said. So he's told his enemies, bring it on. This is pretty challenging stuff. Why didn't you hear, why didn't we hear the Western world rising up against Mr. Erdogan? Why didn't we hear that? Why didn't we hear any of this in our country particularly, because, quite frankly, it wasn't usable for the globalists. It wasn't usable for the globalists because it would not have accomplished anything for them. Whereas the Russian attack on Ukraine is a perfect example that they have set up in order to accomplish the unification of the entire resurrected Roman Empire now for a new world order or to rule the world. All right. Before we go any further, I want to make available to you uh, my book, King of the Mountain. It's a very unusual book. Those who have read it uh, know exactly that. Never, there's nothing like it out there, my friend, to help all of us understand the why of what's taking place in our world, of what has been taking place since creation and even before creation when Satan rebelled against God in the mount of God in the heavenlies. And what is happening? What he is doing to drive the nations. As the psalmist said, why do the nations rage and the people imagine a vain and foolish thing? The kings of the earth are gathering together against both the Lord and against his anointed. Yet God resolves that conflict. He said, I'm going to have them in derision. In other words, they're going to go crazy. 
They're going to do everything they can within their spheres, like Erdogan is here. He said, our entire country is an army. Bring it on. These countries, Iran, why do you think they want nuclear power, friends? It's to bring the world to its heels, to its knees. That's the reason. There's no other reason. That is the reason. Israel well knows this. Israel believes that Iran is the most dangerous country in the world. So why would our putative president be playing footsie with the Iranians concerning nuclear power? It's just ridiculous. There's absolutely no wisdom or understanding. Apparently, Mr. Biden thinks that uh, Khamenei and uh, Rouhani, the president, are uh, like Western thinkers, like he is. Pusillanimous. Weak need. No, they're not. All of these countries are seeking to set themselves in position to rule the world. And where do you think they want to rule the world from? Well, before we answer that question, I want to urge you to get a copy of the book, King of the Mountain. The Eternal Epic and End Time Battle. For he who rules the Temple Mount is deemed to rule the world. That's how the leaders of the world think, as we're going to see in just a moment. It's a $20 book, yours for $15. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255, writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. King of the Mountain. All right. Ultimately, God says, by the way, I have appointed my king to sit on my holy hill. That's the Messiah, Yeshua. And that's why my book coming out in June is called Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. It will not be out until June. All right, here's the headline from the Jerusalem Post. Erdogan, Jerusalem is our city, a city from us. What does that mean? Well, Turkey's president, Mr. Erdogan, opened the Turkish parliament's legislative session with a long speech that addressed the city of Jerusalem and the Palestinian people. He stated, he stated, Jerusalem is our city. Now, who is our? It is the Turks, the former Ottomans, and by implication, he's including the Palestinians because he wants to plead their cause for political purposes. Erdogan referred to the Ottoman Empire's rule over Jerusalem, which lasted for about 
600 years, as I recall. Erdogan mentioned that Jerusalem's walls that still stand today, as well as the Dome of the Rock in Jerusalem's old city, were constructed, or reconstructed, and restored by Suleiman the Magnificent, who reigned over the Ottoman Empire from 1520 until his death in 1566. The issue of Jerusalem, he said, is not an ordinary geopolitical problem for us. He said the current appearance of the old city, which is the heart of Jerusalem, was built by Suleiman the Magnificent with its walls, bazaar, and many buildings. So, Erdogan is claiming dominion over Jerusalem. He said, it's ours. It doesn't belong to Israel. Now, if he says it's ours and it doesn't belong to Israel, what do you think he means? He means that he is going to establish the rulership, the ultimate rulership of the Ottoman Empire over the world from the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. That's what he means. So he is planning a new world order in which Turkey is the rising star star as... uh, Haaretz.com, there in Israel, made clear. Then came another report from the Jerusalem Post. Turkey and Iran seek strong foundation for partnership. Iran and Turkey, along with Russia, have worked closely together in Syria even though Turkey ostensibly backs the opposition Syrian rebels against the Russian-backed Syrian regime. Still, Iran, Turkey, and Russia all oppose the U.S. presence in Syria and have worked to undermine America's role. Iran and Turkey also oppose Israel and support Hamas. So, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. That's what Turkey is saying. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. We're going to look more at this. These three nations, Turkey, Russia, and Iran. Oh, did I mention earlier Germany? Indeed I did. There's a reason. And you need to stay tuned to understand it. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Welcome back to Viewpoint. Again, we're looking at the rising Ottoman Empire, but in connection... With Russia, 
Persia, which is Iran, and Germany. Now, according to an advisor, Turkish advisor, he warned saying Turkey behaves like a regional terminator. Trying to weaponize nationalism, his geopolitical motivations are inserting itself in the conflict, including greater uh, seeking greater bargaining chips against Moscow. Now, why would Russia and Mo- and uh, Turkey be doing this little dance when Erdogan, on behalf of Turkey, is trying to? seek greater bargaining chips against Moscow. This is the point, friends. It doesn't make sense unless you understand, unless we fully understand this. And that is each one of these countries is seeking to resurrect their ancient glory for these end times. All of the great empires now are resurrecting. That Daniel talked about, they're all resurrecting. And isn't it interesting that even as the United Nations was formed in 1945, three years later, Israel was reborn. A resurrection of Israel spoken of, prophesied in Ezekiel chapter 37. Then, in these latter times of the last days, Ezekiel 38 tells us that these nations, the very nations we're now talking about, are going to confederate together to attack Israel secretly to take a spoil. Now, why would they do that? Because not only are each one of these nations seeking to rule the world, but they are also desperately tied in with oil and gas, petroleum. This is a very big deal. It's much bigger than you will ever hear out there in the so-called news media. But it is real. Turkish pro-government media, high-level cooperation with Iran expected. Iran and Turkey, along with Russia, have worked closely together in Syria, even though Turkey supposedly backs the opposition Syria rebels against the Russian-backed Syrian uh, regime. Turkey's been increasing its aggressive threats against fellow NATO member Greece and also threatening Egypt, Cyprus, the UAE, and other states in the region. At the same time, Turkey works with Russia to buy air defense systems from Moscow, which Washington has opposed. So it now appears that Turkey and Iran are continuing to become closer politically. How could that possibly be when each one of them independently wants to rule the world from the Temple Mount? Persia, Iran, has already declared their intent to rule the world from Jerusalem and the Temple Mount. Did you know that? You need to read the book, King of the Mountain. 
the eternal epic and end-time battle, for he who rules the Temple Mount is deemed to rule the world. We need to understand these dynamics. These are not either-or dynamics. They are multiple both-and dynamics. That's the only way you can see it, the only way we can understand it. It's all about Jerusalem, ultimately, and all about the Temple Mount, and all about restoring these ancient empires. So one might ask, okay, well, what about America? America didn't exist in ancient times, didn't exist during prophetic times. So, but America is the repository of the majority of the, shall we say, the resurrected Roman Empire. It's become the kingpin of the Roman Empire. In the Roman Emperor, they talked about the Pax Romana, the Roman peace. A few years ago, they were talking about the Pax Americana, the American peace. Just as the Roman Empire began to slowly dissolve because of its overextensions economically and its destruction, deterioration morally and spiritually from within, even so, the same thing is happening with America. And the goal of the globalists, including Joe Biden, is to diminish, and it was also true of Barack Obama. Their goal was to diminish the status of America, both economically and uh, in terms of a uh, superpower, militarily and so on, to diminish them so that we could, we would lose our identity, our patriotism, our identity as a nation state, and be able to be um, be merged with a new global world order, a resurrected Roman Empire. Now, Turkey's EU membership bid is evaporating. So is Ukraine's. But it's been used. The European Union's executive says that Turkey's government is undermining its economy, eroding democracy, and destroying independent courts, leaving Ankara's bid to join the EU further away than ever. Blaming excessively centralized presidential power for deteriorating conditions in freedom of speech, prisons, and the central bank. The European Commission said the government was also exposing Turkey to rapid changes in investors' sentiments. Turkey's accession negotiations have effectively come to a standstill with regard to NATO. But Erdogan doesn't really want NATO. Erdogan really wants global governance doesn't want to be restricted by NATO. And now, we come to Germany. Wikipedia has an interesting headline. 
and I have numerous articles concerning the matter of Germany and Russia and uh, uh, Turkey and, and so on. But I'm just going to use this as a means of introducing again what we have talked about before concerning the role of Germany. German-Turkish relations had their beginnings in the times of the Ottoman Empire and have culminated in the development of strong bonds with many facets that include economic, military, cultural, and social relations. With Turkey as a candidate for the European Union, of which Germany is the second biggest member, and the existence of huge Turkish diaspora, that is, uh, uh, citizens in Germany, these relations have become more and more intertwined over the decades. Now, why is that important to understand? Because, friends, it appears to me that when you read Ezekiel 38 and 39 about the Gog and Magog War, you find the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal generally considered to be Russia in the north of Israel, combining or confederating with, and there are specific nations that are mentioned. The first one is Persia, which is Iran. We've just talked about that. Then it also talks about Libya. Turkey has been trying to take dominion over Libya. Why? Oil. Then we have Tagarma. People have different ideas about that. I happen to think it's referring to Turkey. I'm not going to give you a thus saith the Lord on that. Then we have Gomer. I happen to believe that that's the Germanic people. And now you can begin to see if indeed that's what those countries, those people groups are. These are the very people groups, friends, that are in the news that are struggling together, trying to use one another to become king of the mountain, to rule the world. They know they can't do it in and of themselves, so they're using one another. But what binds them together? There's only one thing that ultimately binds them together to bring about a war against Israel in the latter days. And that is oil. It is oil that runs through their veins. It is oil and gas that connects Germany and Iran and Turkey, and Russia together, and Libya, and perhaps many other nations with them that are not specifically mentioned in Ezekiel 38. Therefore, we can expect that before too long, there is going to be a major, major turn of events with regard to to oil and gas. Such an event has already taken place in Israel 
with regard over the past eight to ten years, the discovery of massive gas deposits within 50 miles off of the Mediterranean coast. Those are now in operation and have rendered Israel exempt from needing Russian gas. Before that, Israel was dependent upon Russian gas and Egyptian gas. Now, Israel is able to export gas to other countries. Has that not changed the economics, the geo-petrol uh, economics of the world, and particularly with Russia and Iran and Libya? You bet. Why is it, you see, that Germany refuses to join with the rest of Europe concerning much of the sanctions against Russia? Because they require Russian oil and gas for 70% of Germany's energy. You see, Russian oil and gas, oil and gas are necessary for these economies to thrive. So, if and when Israel has a massive discovery of gas, excuse me, of oil, it is going to completely shake, terrify the entire world. And they will attack to take a spoil, to grab as quickly as they can so as not to allow Israel to prosper in the latter days and undo their economic advantage with Germany, Iran, Russia, and Turkey. I hope this has been helpful here today and not confusing. Thanks for joining us. Get a copy of the book, King of the Mountain, the Eternal Epic and End Time Battle. He who rules the Temple Mount rules the world. It's a $20 book, yours for $15 on the website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA. And please, seriously, consider becoming a partner, friends. We need to get this message out more broadly until Jesus comes. Prepare the way of the Lord. to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.